This is Dragon Talk. Today's Dragon Talk, we speak to a couple of Chelsea legends, Mickey Thomas and a certain game against Arsenal might just prop up in the conversation, and also Colin Hutchinson, the man who brought some of the really big stars to Chelsea, talking about his new love, Eastbourne Borough. This is Dragon Talk. Well, welcome along. I'm Mark Griffiths from the Wrexham Supporters Association's Football Commentary. And today on Dragon Talk, a, a couple of smashing guests. Firstly, we've got to hear from Colin Hutchinson, who was the man who, at Chelsea, was responsible for bringing in the likes of Frank Lampard, Gianfranco Zola, Ruud Gullit, uh, Hasselbank, Viali, Deschamps, Di Matteo, I, I could go on. A man who, for such a long time, was right at the very top table of Premiership football, but who wonderfully has moved into the conference, having retired down to Eastbourne and having seen the fantastic work that Eastbourne Borough do with the community. He has decided that he's going to work voluntarily on their football committee and actually help them out. It's a, it's a marvellous, marvellous story of how a club which is clearly set up with the right values, clearly set up with the right attitudes, and, and goodness me, and... In these troubled times in football, you really need to see stories like that. Because they've done something good, what what goes around comes around. And because of that, a, a man with fantastic experience and knowledge of the game is able to come in and help them out because he sees what good work they're doing. Anyway, enough of me waffling on. Let's hear from the man himself. Um, a recent form in the, in the conference, at least, must be really, really pleasing for you, mustn't it? Yeah, I mean, our uh, aim this season is uh, to consolidate. Uh, it's obviously uh, difficult as a, a part-time uh, <clears throat> uh, club uh, to compete with teams, you know, training five uh, days a week. I mean, for instance, uh, last night we were at Swindon. We got back at uh, uh, two in the morning, 34 hours later. We're leaving on the 540-mile uh, round trip uh, to North Wales and uh, most of the squad have got to uh, fit in jobs uh, around that but no we're we're enjoying uh, being at the uh, the pinnacle of uh, uh, non-league football and the uh, two results of uh, winning 4-1 against Northwich which uh, are supposed to avoid the relegation places uh, is one that you would uh, expect to do but then uh, to beat uh, Torquay 4-2 and to really play them off the uh, uh, the park uh, was certainly uh, very special. And and you certainly seem to be a club that goes about things in the right way. I was reading about your community involvement, which seems a wonderful example to to a lot of other clubs who may be a bit more self-absorbed. Yeah, I mean, we, we are very much um, a community ethos uh, uh, club. I mean, um, um, today... Um, we have uh, 2,000 members of our uh, social club. Uh, we have executive uh, boxes, seven executive boxes, which obviously are used on match days, but the uh, rest of the week we convert them uh, into uh, a nursery for uh, five-year-olds. On site we've got uh, an archery club, uh, an indoor bowls hall with... Um, 600 members, we have cabaret evenings, uh, we can show three live matches uh, uh, simultaneously in our uh, clubhouse, uh, we do luncheons, we have uh, private functions, we need the crematorium, so we even uh, stage uh, uh, a lot of uh, wakes. So we are 
very much a community club. We've got um, 30 uh, junior teams from 6 to 18 uh, boys and girls with over uh, uh, 450 players. And in these uh, difficult economic times, we're a club that is actually in the uh, the black. And um, whilst it's not a massive profit, uh, we make uh, a small uh, uh, profit uh, each year. And at the time when Wrexham were in the uh, quarterfinals of the FA Cup in 96-97, we were still playing in the uh, uh, Sussex County League. So it has been uh, a fairy tale journey. Yes, it's a remarkable story, it really is. And I just wonder, is the fact that clearly the club's some, uh, set up to put something back into the community, what attracted you? Because obviously you've got a remarkable pedigree in football and in seeing you turn up at East Mumborough maybe isn't what people expected, but I, I assume the ethos of the club is what has really brought you in, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, it's a club that um, relies very much on uh, volunteers, uh, I uh, retired to uh, Eastbourne uh, uh, two and a half uh, years ago. I had a, a wonderful uh, life in football with uh, 15 years at uh, Chelsea, five at uh, Carlisle uh, uh, United, and uh, uh, I wanted to give something uh, back uh, to the game. And uh, uh, I said that I was happy to uh, uh, give my time to Eastbourne Borough and the uh, uh, the chairman invited me along and uh, I've got involved and uh, I'm thoroughly enjoying it, Mark, because um, football at this level is refreshing. You know, um, after the game, you can go in the bar, the supporters can go in the bar and they can chat to the players. And, of course, at the high level that I was involved in, uh, sadly, uh, th- those uh, days uh, have gone. I was going to say that, yes, I guess it's, it's, it's a different handling the, the needs of the players at the conference level compared to the superstars obviously you had to, come, you had to work with before. Yeah, and this year, of course, uh, uh, Eastbourne Borough has become the, uh, the first uh, community interest company to be um, uh, officially uh, uh, given status in, the, um, in football terms. And in fact, we were the... Uh, uh, 2000th uh, CIC company to be uh, formed in the UK and uh, we went to a company's house in uh, Cardiff and we were given a, a special commemorative uh, uh, plaque of that because it means uh, that being a community interest company that it's very much on the uh, community ethos and uh, the setup is such that 50% or more at any one time uh, is in the hands of a trust, so it means that no uh, asset strippers or uh, property developers can get involved because the trust has always uh, got the control. Well, I mean, after the problems that, that Wrexham have had in recent years, you sound like a real example to follow and, and, and a wonderful setup, and, and I can see why it attracted you in as well. And, and I think the fact that you've put that into the club as well shows. It's the sort of attitude football needs in, in, in people, and I really do wish you the very best of luck, apart from this sad thing when we, when we come down to Eastbourne as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, we, we're looking forward to the, uh, the game uh, on Saturday. I mean, we, we come in, as I say, on the back of uh, uh, two wins. We know it's uh, going to be very uh, tough this season, whilst obviously uh, Rex and quite rightly are hoping to get back to the uh, Football League at the 
first attempt, our first uh, season, is to um, uh, try and uh, consolidate and keep out of those, the bottom four places. At the moment, we're 15th, and uh, that off slightly better at the end of the season, and it would be uh, a, a great first season for us. So there you are, a, a lovely, lovely man, Colin Hutchinson, and really, really helpful, and yet such a, such a, a crucial figure in the recent history of the game as well, and now helping Eastbourne Borough out, and I, I do think that's a, a fine example. But then, like I said beforehand, Eastbourne Borough have made the efforts to, to put something into their community, and because of that, something in their community puts something back, and, and in the current atmosphere, with, with so many clubs maybe paying for their selfishness of the past, you've just got to look at Eastbourne and think that that's a smashing example for people to follow. I uh, I wished him all the best this season. I really meant what I said to him, apart from Saturday's game and when we popped down to Priory Road as well. And also, I caught up with Mickey Thomas recently to chat to him about a certain match on the 4th of January 1992. I believe he played a, a bit of a key role in that victory against Arsenal. As um, just saying, I mean, it, was, it was it was great for you to come back to Wrexham as well. Obviously, you could see reading the book, you you were glad to come back. Oh, of course I was. Yeah, I like coming back to Wrexham. It's great. Um, got a lot of friends there. Joey there, of course, my best mate, Joey Jones, uh, and Wrexham a uh, little bit of revival now with a new manager, in Dean Saunders. Yeah, and 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 of course, Brian Flynn was was manager then. He was a it seemed like a good man to work for. His job was in danger, I think, when he when he went there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he was in uh, respect. I think he was under. Severe pressure because that Arsenal game, I think he was going to get the sack, but we won the game and uh, the rest is history now because financially he got secure and he, he built up a very good team. And it's interesting reason about your experiences. Just going into the referees' room, meeting Adams and, and, and George Graham gave a big <laughs> real example of the difference between the status of the two clubs. Well, yeah, I mean they were league champions and Wrexham had nothing, did they? They were, you know. Ripped shirts, holes in our socks and that, you know. They came immaculately dressed with a big team bus, a chef on the bus and that, and they were league champions, so it was a big, big game for Wrexham, and we were just going to enjoy it, really, not thinking we were going to win. That's what I was going to say to you. I mean, yeah, do you go into that sort of game just, just thinking, I'll get stuck into it, or do you really think deep down, oh, we could do this? Well, you, have to, you hope you have a bit of luck and they don't play well, you know, and we play above ourselves, which I think... All them things happened on the day, really. We played well. They didn't really play that to the max. And we, we won the game. We had a little bit of luck in the end, but we won it. And because, I mean, they had some... They could have sewn her up maybe in the first half, but teams that take chances win games, don't they? Yeah, I think in the first half they should have been out of sight, really. They only got that one goal from Alan Smith. So, yeah, it was a little bit disappointing on their side of it. But we were delighted going in at 1-0, although we thought that would be it. And then we uh, we got... An equaliser, myself, and then Steve Watkins got the winner. And a, a half, you know, the second half, they seemed to come out. I mean, from myself sitting in the Mold Road stands, they almost looked like they they felt they had the game won to an extent once they got that first goal. Did they feel any difference? Do you think in the second half from them? Well, yeah, they took the foot off the gas a little bit, you know, and it was a lot. It wasn't a very nice day for a game of football, but you know, we were up for a scrap, weren't we? And they weren't really. They didn't like the physical yeah. contact that we uh, put towards them uh, in the faces, sort of thing high-tempo game, and then uh, we just got confident, and they got less confident, and then they lost it, they bottled it a little bit. And of course that free kick, wow, when you were stepped up to hit that, <laughs> that must be a well, hell of a feeling. Yeah, I mean, obviously one of my great goals I scored from career, so it, uh, it had to be special to beat David Simmons, wasn't it? So it was yeah. great. Well, my, my and, uh, Steve Watkins gets the, uh, the, the winner. 
The little lad and I were watching it on YouTube, your free kick, and you know, he took Siemens' hand off, I tell you. <laughs> he was impressed. And, yeah, and then Steve Gore went in. It's it well, it's it well. Yeah. Right behind where the Arsenal fans were, so it was a little bit nice for me, wasn't it? And you got great reaction from, from other fans. Eh? Chelsea fans were celebrating, weren't they, at the time? And... Yeah, that's right. Everyone was, I think, the whole country. Not everyone loves Arsenal, do they? Yeah. Not the whole most liked team, are they? But, but fair play. There's a story with David Siemens' gloves afterwards, isn't there? They... They, they responded well, didn't they? He gave you the well, gloves on. Uh, yeah, I, I just think not the result. If you look at everything else, what went into place after that, it, it, it uh, made Wrexham a very secure unit for a long time. But, of course, and years later on after we left, it disintegrated, didn't it? We started getting really financially in serious trouble and uh, they just survived it, didn't they? So, yeah, but looking at that period, it was great for Wrexham. I've, I've savoured many uh, good nights at Wrexham in the FA Cup and... Carling Cup, etc. When I first joined them, so you know it was nice, but no bigger shock than that one. That West Ham game was great as well, wasn't it? We put the window there. That one, that was, a, that was a, they should have had a, a player sent off. Yeah. Uh, last man brought down Carl Carling, didn't get sent off, and they got the one goal, and we, we deserved something out of that. It's just a shame, maybe, to see us, you know, as they are now slipping. But hopefully, Dean Saunders can turn them around, I guess. Well, hopefully now, yeah. I think Dean's got three great results. Disappointing me in the cup, of course, but. Let's see how uh, the next few games work out, but hopefully they can get straight back into the football league. So there, I was I was going to put that up after the Eastwood game, and then decided that maybe the maybe the atmosphere wasn't quite right <laughs> at that time to think about cup glories. But Mickey Thomas, a, a true legend of the game and a true legend of the club as well. What a, what a smashing way to round off a podcast, in which I've been so lucky to get two great guests join us soon. And we'll have a few more lined up for you next week, hopefully, for a Christmas edition of Dragon Talk. This is Dragon Talk.